Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, what did you get for Christmas? Yeah, and this is part of the excitement of coming to church after Christmas, isn't it? Man, when I was a kid, I couldn't, get, couldn't wait to get to church because I wanted to ask all of my friends, what did you get for Christmas? And I wanted to tell them what I got for Christmas, of course. It's not nearly as exciting as an adult as when you're a kid, but it's still, it's still kind of fun, isn't it? And it's, it's especially fun to hear it from the kids, right? to hear what they got and the joy that they have. Gifts are given to be enjoyed, like we talked about with the kids. So rejoicing over a gift received and rejoicing with a friend over the gift that they received, well, that's good, right? It's salutary, isn't it? But of course, the gifts are given to be used. Can you imagine telling a child, Now, I know you're really excited about this gift that you just opened up. You've been waiting for this all long time. But you're just going to let it sit there and appreciate it for a while. You're not going to use it. You're just going to let it sit there and you're going to look at it and you're going to say, isn't that nice? (laughs) That doesn't work very well at all, does it? Because what happens? They open up the present, and as soon as they have it, they want to rip the box open and get to the toy. They don't want to sit there and wait. They want to use it. Gifts are given to be enjoyed. Gifts are given to be used. And so it is with God's gifts to us. God gives us gifts to enjoy and to use, not to simply admire from afar and say, oh, wow, look at that. That's really nice, like we're going to an art gallery or something. Yesterday was Christmas Day, the day on which we rejoice and celebrate the great gift of the Savior. On Christmas Eve, we gathered here and we heard the word of God again. We heard the good news of great joy for all the people. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. We sang wonderful Christmas hymns. We ended the service with candles lit as we remember Jesus coming into the world as the light of the world. But if that's as far as we go with God's great Christmas gift, then we're kind of like the child who says on Christmas, oh, thank you for the present, but then just leaves the present in the box and never actually uses it. To celebrate the gift of the Savior without actually making use of God's gift of a Savior, that's kind of senseless. So today, we rejoice in the great gift of Jesus. We're like old Simeon, who gave glory to God, who sang praises to, the, to God because here was the God who had become man so that we might be saved. We praise God that he kept his promise to send the Messiah. We give thanks that we don't have to fear death any longer. We join Anna in rejoicing and giving thanks to God because the Redeemer has come. But we also start making use of the gift of the Savior right now. Jesus is, of course, the one through whom we have everlasting life. But we don't want to treat Christianity like just this holding pattern where we're just kind of waiting. That's really all it's about. We're just waiting so that we can die so we can go to heaven. That's not the great gift that we received. That is shortchanging God's gift. 
it makes me think of a, I don't remember if it was a TV show or a movie. It was, I don't know, it wasn't great. But I was watching this and uh, they, this, this group of people, they were in, in Japan for some reason. And they were getting put up in this fancy hotel. And they walk into the hotel and it's a small room. And they think, well, yeah, but we're in Japan. Everything is smaller here. <laughs> so even though it seems really small to us, it's probably, it's probably a big hotel room for being in Japan. So we should be really appreciative of that. And they don't discover until they're ready to leave that that was just the entry room to a suite. They had this whole big area with comfortable beds and with uh, uh, couches and a beautiful view that they never took advantage of because they simply assumed that this is all that there was to it. When we think of our Christian faith as merely waiting to get to heaven, we're, we're just staying in that entry room. We're missing out. We're not making use of God's great gifts. But in Christ, we have a gift who is for eternity, but he's for here and now. A gift that opens to us a life of joy. And this is what we hear about in Colossians chapter 3 today. You didn't think I could see a reading from Colossians and pass it up, did you? We've got to take a look at that. Now, Colossians 3 just kind of jumps us right into the middle of a thought. So we gotta, we got to actually backtrack just a little bit to understand where Paul is coming from. How does he get to what he says in chapter 3, starting at verse 12? So we got to start in chapter 1 with the greatness of Jesus. Now, we just celebrated Christmas, but Colossians 1 tells us who this Jesus is, who this newborn baby that was so worthy of celebration by angels in heaven, who this this person is. Listen to this. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether in heaven or on earth, making peace by the blood of his cross." This is the one who was wrapped in swaddling cloths and laid in the manger. God in human flesh. The one through whom all things were created. The one who existed before all things and by, by, by whom all things hold together. This is the one who willingly laid down his life for you so that you can live. Now, this same Jesus not only came into the world through his conception and birth, but he then comes to us specifically, right? We hear the, the, the Christmas news, unto you is born this day in the city of David, and it is unto you, right? Unto us. But then he specifically, personally comes to you, how? Well, Paul tells us all about that in Colossians chapter 2. For in him, 
the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head and rule of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Here's another gift from God. In baptism, you're united with Christ. In baptism, you died and you were raised. In baptism, you were united with Jesus. He took your sins to the cross and he gave you in exchange his righteousness, his holiness. So now, you are baptized. That is to say, you are Christ's. You're a child of God. Your sins are forgiven. You're a new creation. God took away your old sinful rags and he gave you the righteousness of Christ as a brand new outfit. It's kind of like what we read about in Zechariah chapter 3. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a brand plucked from the fire. Now Joshua was standing before the angel clothed in filthy garments. And the angel said to those who were standing before him, remove the filthy garments from him. And to him, he said, behold, I have taken your iniquity away from you and I will clothe you with pure vestments. And I said, let them put a clean turban on his head So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments. See, when Paul says in Colossians 3, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, what he's saying is put on Christ. Put on the righteousness of Christ that you received in baptism. The righteous living we hear of Colossians chapter 3 isn't simply something we have to generate from within. But it's a gift given us by Christ. By his righteousness received in baptism, we have these things in our wardrobe. Right? You, go, you go to your closet in the morning and you try to pick out what you're going to wear that day. See, for me, every Sunday morning, it's not a hard decision. It's already predetermined. It's like Charlie Brown. You go to the closet and you know what you're going to wear, Right? Well, as Christians, it should be the same. Every single day, what are we going to wear? What are we going to be? Who are we? Well, we're going to put on Christ. We're going to live from that identity. I am baptized. And so now I'm going to live as one who is covered in the holiness of Christ. Well, you say, I'm, really, I'm not a very patient person. This, <laughs> this speaks of patience. That, that might not be me. Well, maybe not, but Jesus is. So you go back to him and you confess your impatience with others and he takes that impatience to the cross and he says, now, I'm giving you my patience. 
And that's the way it is with all of those virtues covered in Colossians 3. We now have those things because he's given them to us. So now what do we do with these gifts? We wear them. We use them. We don't just talk about them. We don't just admire them as beautiful qualities. But each day we, we put on Christ by remembering our baptism. And we live from that reality. I love how Martin Franzman describes this section. He says, we must put on compassion. It must be given us. We can be compassionate only by letting the compassion of Christ fill us and spill over from us to the man beside us. Our kindness, if it be real kindness, is but the reflection of the kindness which God has shown us in Christ. We can go the way of humility and meekness and patience with a fellow man only because Jesus has gone that way before us and because he lives in us and does his gracious work through us. We can forgive, really forgive, because he has forgiven us, because we live entirely of his forgiveness. We can put on love that binds all these golden qualities together into the church that does Christ's work only because God has rent the heavens and come down to us in his Son with a love that loved the world. See, all of these qualities are gifts we receive in Christ. And right now, they're available to you. And when, we're, and when we not only give thanks for them and rejoice for them, but we make use of them. Well, we, we are blessed. And our neighbor is blessed. So give thanks for the child born of Mary. Rejoice in the celebration of Christmas, but don't forget to make use every day of the great gift by putting on Christ and remembering your baptism and living from that reality. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.